Hello and welcome to Sobriety Elevated, the podcast that is committed to empowering you in your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Join us now for the next episode. We hope you create an incredible experience. Let's get the show started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sobriety Elevated. You are here with Jim Paconan and my incredible co-host, Kevin Thole. And tonight we have an extra special guest. I am super excited. This guest is someone that I met, I want to say in a treatment center, probably seven years ago. She is without a doubt the most spiritual therapist who creates the space of love with each person that sits in front of her. And Kevin knows her also. Kevin, anything you would like to say about her before we introduce her? Yeah, I met Francine um, on pretty much the day that I checked into treatment, Cirque Lodge in Utah. Francine kind of got to see me probably from my uh, from my worst to now, where I'm, I'm pretty much at my best. And what you said is extremely true. There's lots of different types of therapists and stuff in treatment centers. You've got the people that'll yell at you. And I had a I had a therapist like that, which I needed at the time. But one thing about Francine is there was a few times when I was having really, really, really rough time. And I can just remember, she used to say something all the time, we're just here to hold the space. And I can remember thinking that sounded so ridiculous. Now I realize what was happening is I was able to just like put myself out there and just kind of like be hurting and people holding that space and being there for me and just just very safe around Francine. So I'm excited to hear hear from her and her perspective on recovery and, and sobriety and yeah. And spirituality. <laughs> and, and spirituality, which of course we all know the program that I work is a spiritual program as well. Yes, it is. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you guys. And Francine, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I grew up in Walnut Creek and uh, my father died of alcoholism when I was 17 years old. And I started off on that path as an adult child of an alcoholic, and I moved into relationships with alcoholic relationships with men and um, three brothers that were alcohol. My older brother was a heroin addict. My other brother was a alcoholic and my other brother was alcoholic. And so it sort of has, has been a large part of my life. I put myself through school. I was a single mom. I started to, um, really look at what was going on with me. And I began that dive into ACOA, Adult Children of Alcoholics. I realized at that time that it was time for me to do some work on myself. And there's something kind of uncanny and uh, unfair (laughs) about having an alcoholic father and that every person in the household is affected on some level. Um, everybody takes on different personality traits to try to create homeostasis and balance within the home. And so as I began to work on myself and do the work, things began to make more sense for me. So that was kind of the beginning of my journey. And I, so I feel like in, in essence, just through my life experiences, a lot I work at Cirque now as a primary therapist. And I've started as a yoga and meditation teacher. And I, I do have a family. I have eight children and a a 25-year marriage. And it certainly has been a tremendous amount of work on myself 
to be able to live from a place of peace and connection and authentic self rather than false self that oftentimes a lot of us live with when we grow up with traumatic households. One of the lanes for me at Cirque is to really hold space, Kevin, as you described, for people to actually uh, go into their trauma and begin to heal, heal in a way that helps them get congruent with the spiritual self or the authentic self and the painful hurt child wound. And having lived it, having done all that trauma work, I don't really veer from the right or the left from people's pain, which allows for space holding. You give me chills. That is so powerful. I did not know that about you. Because from the first time I met you at the treatment center you were at before, you were literally like, I love how you say that you just hold space because you hold it in such a sacred vessel. And you do such profound work. Now I understand a little more. Yeah, and I don't really like, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of sometimes the terminologies and the limitations that we put on ourselves. I mean, people come into residential treatment and oftentimes they're in pain, you know, and a lot of times alcohol and drugs are a way to cope with deep shame and deep grief and deep loss. And they come into treatment really in pain And when we call ourselves therapists, there's an element of separation in that. And I would prefer to sort of feel as if I'm a guide and gently moving people toward something that is innately within them. If you're listening to this, one of the things I will say is the root of most addiction is pain. And the thing is, is when an addict, when the first time they use, it's most likely the first time that they have actually numbed that pain to where they don't hurt. And we as humans are fairly predictable because if we do something once and it works, what do we do? We do it again and again and again, right? And then more, more, more. The fact that you were able to heal That just gives me shivers. I think that that's true, Jim. And also people innately within the very fabric of the being know what wellness is. And there is this intrinsic internal voice, the voice of our soul that whispers its sacred message that we drowned out through alcohol, drugs, and Xanax, and all these other things. If it does provide a necessary relief for pain or emptiness or a lost sense of self, what helps to me, it's, it feels it's enabled me to have empathy and deep understanding for why people use rather than shame or low self-esteem or a feeling of pain as if they're a flawed uh, human being. It's not, did you use? It's, of course, you used. And when you get congruent with, of course, you used, and now how do we heal? That holds space for people to really find who they really are, which has been there all along. Yeah, I mean, as an addict, I can just speak out and say, like, the shame's already there. It just started the shame cycle where I did. I, I, I had pain. I had shame about who I was, things I've done, things that happened to me, all of that. And 
And like you said, Jim, I, I drank and did drugs and I gambled and I did all these different destructive behaviors because it numbed it. It made me not feel it. The first time that I was ever able to be honest with people around me was probably when I was in residential treatment. And that was because of what you're talking about, Francine. And that was because it was, you know, it was a safe, non-judgmental place. And I think that as a recovering addict now, one thing that I learned, you know, I, I learned so many things when I was in treatment and, and I always recommend people go if they can. And I'm thankful that I was able to go where I was able to go. As a recovering addict, I need to be the same type of person that when people come to me, what you said was just so simple, but so great. It's not like, why did you use? It's like, of course you used. Like it makes sense. And pretty much every addict I've ever talked to, and whether that's working through the 12 steps with them or just, just having a conversation, like when they get their story out, I'm always like, well, wow. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not like we're these broken people that are so sick, even though I felt that way. And that lie, I kept telling myself over and over and over again, yeah. I'm a piece of crap. I'm a this, I'm a that. Yeah. And until I could actually get honest with people and then have those people, people like Francine, you know, tell me like, okay, like just, okay, let's, we're, it's, let's go now from here. Where do we go from here? And being able to heal. And like you said, my authentic self and and helping people find that. And I think that what we find yeah, is we're all that. worth it a lot more than we thought we were worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And on a fundamental level, Kevin, and thank you for sharing that beautiful piece of your story. I, on a fundamental level, don't we all just want to be seen and heard and accepted? Yeah. I mean, really, like, don't we want to? And even in our pain and the hurtful things we do and shame keeps alive in us recreating shame. And when we stay in shame, we, it just opens the door for more shameful behavior. And the way we heal from shame is to tell non-shaming people and to be seen and to be loved and then to invite something greater than ourselves into, in, to inspire and to encourage the authentic self to step through the door. So beautiful. I was just talking to somebody this morning about how literally we are all broken Yet the moment we acknowledge that we're broken, the shame no longer, that shadow, the impact of it gets removed by the light of love. Because when we can be authentic with ourselves, and when we can see that not only are we worth it, but it has been this destructive behavior that has literally, it just keeps reinforcing the shame and reinforcing the guilt and reinforcing the shame. And yet the beauty of a powerful recovery center like Cirque and the beauty of a powerful recovery program is we get to see who we are. And that truly is who we are. It is not who we get to be today in each moment. And, and Kevin is such a shining example of what happens when you take positive and empowering principles of recovery and you move forward with them. And Francine is amazing because she can sit with somebody and literally being the space of love and acceptance that she is, all of this stuff, all of these blocks that we keep between ourself and love, they literally disappear. And as they disappear, we return to that space of like acceptance and love. And when we can like accept and then choose to love each other, our sobriety is, is, is easier and our recovery becomes strong. And I'll even take that a little farther, Jim, if you don't mind 
to just flow with this. Like we have this shadow side. If we look at Jungian therapy and that there's this idea that we want to reject our pain and our dark side, and we want to reject those uh, parts of ourselves that were disassociated coming from a childhood traumatic home. And when, when the, the shift can happen through acceptance and loving those parts of ourselves. And if they come up, let's just use control. If someone is over perfectionism or overly controlling or even codependent, where did that stem from? And if we start to look at it, oh, that saved my life growing up in that childhood, I can embrace that part of myself and know that it is a part of me who I can love. And through love and acceptance, I can then get intimately acquainted with the dark side rather than trying to chop it off as if it doesn't exist, which is a part of me. That is so beautiful. When you, I mean, I'm going to take that a little bit further from you. It's like, it's like when you can acknowledge the dark side, the power that you give it in the addiction and the, and, and, and the way you feed it, you literally mm. stop giving it that power. You stop feeding it. And it's, it will always be there. My dark side will always be there. I mean, one of the things yeah. that I'm hearing is all three of us have had traumatic childhoods. Yet I no longer feed my dark side because it doesn't serve what I am up yeah. to in the world, which then allows me to be with other people's dark side. And honestly, that's my favorite coaching work is the dark trauma, because it's like when somebody can learn how to take their power back through the light, the darkness is always there. It's just not empowered. Yeah. Kevin, Beautiful. you... The look on your face right now. Whew. Well, it, it, it's really interesting. You know, I, it seems like every time we get on here and start talking more and more realizations come to me. But, you know, I tell people that I'm like grateful that I'm an addict. And the reason why is because all of these conversations right here would have never happened had I not struggled with all that I struggled with, had I not like hit that bottom. And, you know, there's not a lot of people out there that can go to a group of people and tell all your deepest, darkest things and all these crazy things in your brain. And they just, they are non-judgmental. And that's the thing about the recovery community that I found. And of course, there's judgmental people in every group and all over everywhere. But overall, these people that I surrounded myself with that I may, and some of them have, are quote unquote, way more successful than me. Some aren't as successful as me. Some have bigger houses. Some live in trailers. Some live in, some are homeless. And the beauty of it is, is we're all there with each other and supporting each other where there is no judgment. I get heard anytime I need to be heard. Like growing up, I was never heard. I didn't feel like I was heard. Where now I could call 15 people in my phone that are all 15 totally different people. And I can tell them what's going on in my life and they're just going to be there and they're going to hold the space. They're going to just listen to me with no judgment. And they may offer advice, they may not. And a lot of times they don't need to offer advice. They just have to listen and be there for me. And that was one thing, you know, that I did love about with you, Francine, in, in treatment was it wasn't like after you said something, you were like, okay, now here's what we're going to do. No, it was okay. And that's all I needed was to get it out and be heard. And like you said earlier, and that's a revelation that just hit me is I need to just be continue to focus on being a listener to everyone and being not just like a listener, but hearing them, supporting them and loving them through it. That's when the change is going to happen for people. 
I think they're going to feel it and they're going to sense it. I love that. And that's probably my greatest spidey sense as if, as if I use the word therapist just to be able to describe what I do, but really as a space holder, as a guide, is a presence. Because when we are really present and in tune, uh, it unlocks the polyvagal nerve, which is our defense mechanisms, and it allows us to be seen. And part of being seen is being vulnerable, and being vulnerable allows others to love us, and it opens up our heart chakra. And I do a lot of psychodrama and treatment, and I do a lot of people, a gestalt therapy and different things like that to sort of get people out of their head and into their heart, which is very similar to breathworks or yoga or all these kind of ways that we move and we breathe in order to open up the heart and to get people into the heart and, uh, and presence and healing then it evokes all of a sudden when I eat my food, I taste it. And when I'm out in the wind, I feel the wind. And when I'm love making, I feel love, you know, all the things that bring us alive, that is living, it's consciousness, it's pure consciousness that connects all of us as human beings, as if there's a pulse that radiates through every one of us. And it also connects us in our wellness and it connects us in our recovery. And that's what brings us to authentic living. And that is the spiritual path that most people that stay clean and sober for extended periods of time, sometimes they go out and get more research. But those that stay on that path, usually on some level, on some fundamental level, have an awakening. I definitely had an awakening. I can say that. And, uh, <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, and a, and a did. pretty, a pretty supernatural awakening for me. And, and the word connection that you used, Francine, was like perfect. You know, I've heard it said, uh, you know, connection is the opposite of addiction. And I just feel like I was never connected to anyone or anything, you know, my, whether that's my higher power or anyone around me, there was just no real connection where now I I just connected to so many people. I'm connected to my higher power. I don't know. It's just, it's so different than it was. And, and you you know, getting out, getting into my heart and getting into my true authentic self, it's been just really, really beautiful. I don't know. I'm just so thankful. I, I think I'm a brokered record on here when I say all this stuff, but it's like, honestly, like if you're out there and you're struggling and you don't think you can do it, if you would have seen me however many 960 days ago or whatever it was today, I was like hopeless and near death. I mean, it was over. Whether it was going to be a bullet in my head or I was going to overdose, something was going to happen that wasn't going to be good. And that awakening, it happened pretty quickly for me. Like it happened at once, but it was a process that took time. It's kind of hard to explain, I guess. And the beauty is, is that's because as I started to connect with people, as I started to become true and authentic and honest and vulnerable, like that freedom started to really open up in me to where now the freedom I feel, I mean, I'm not worried. I mean, yeah, I have little anxieties about jobs and all this stuff, but it's like, I'm not worried about anything. There's nothing hidden in me now. Like it's all out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a beautiful vibration that comes from you, Kevin. It's magnetic. Thank you. Probably a little different than when you very first met me. (laughs) Now it's really me. It wasn't me then, but it's me now. (laughs) Yeah, you are such an amazing person. You both are. You both are such incredible people. You too, Jim. Thank you. Right whenever I yeah. think like I'm I'm like the peaceful Zen guy with a lot of people I'm around, we always bring on guests. They're yeah. like just <laughs> that are so Zen. So Zen. 
I mean, it's so. amazing. It's just, I feel like, like, I just feel like I could just, I'm like, I'm listening to myself breathe over here. I'm just feeling very, like, I'm very chill Good. and I'm very thankful yep. for that mm-hmm. because it's perfect timing for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful, Kevin. Thank you. A big thank you to Francine for joining us on Sobriety Elevated. And we're thank coming you. up. Oh, you are so welcome. It is I probably we're going to ask you to come back because you are just amazing. If you're out there, we're coming up on the most stressful time for people in recovery, which is the holiday season. So I'm getting closer and closer and closer to announcing the program that's going to start the Monday before Thanksgiving. And it is going to have you be safe and it's going to have you be secure. And it's actually going to have you grow through the holiday season, grow closer to love, grow closer to yourself and grow closer to humanity. So that is coming up. You've been listening to Sobriety Elevated. If you like us, take a few minutes and give us a ranking because it does something with those funky algorithms that gets us out to where we can impact more people, because that's the goal of Sobriety Elevated, is to literally strengthen your sobriety and elevate your recovery. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Create an incredible day, and we will see you soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you all soon. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you.